to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. So welcome you today to Five Blossom Radio. My name is Denise Richard, and my guest today is Sharon Jinkerson Brass, a member of Key First Nation in Saskatchewan. Welcome, Sharon. I'm so excited, and I'm honored to speak with you today. Please tell us. Tell us a little about it yourself, about your work history, about how you're doing today. Well, hello, Denise. It's a, a blessing and an honor to be your guest today. Um, I am what's known in Canada as a 60s scooper, which was the taking of Aboriginal children into care in the 50s and 60s. And so why that's important here is that I didn't grow up in my culture as a result. I was in foster care and later adopted. But then as a young woman in my late 20s, I began to wonder who I was and made a connection to my community and met my matriarchal grandmother, Rebecca. And I began a seven-year apprenticeship with my granny to learn as much as I could because everything that she was primarily love, spoke to me and mended a very lonely heart when I first knew her. And that is the most important thing. I'm also a mother and a grandmother, and I've worked in the Indigenous community in Vancouver here for over 30 years. Wow, that's... uh... That's a long time. So you've come here today to um, to share with us a little bit of your history, uh, your experience with seed consciousness. Uh, when you first, you know, sent that to me as a topic, I thought, now that's that's really beautiful. That's a very powerful topic. Uh, it has just listening to the you know the way you wrote it up. It has a lot of meaning. It holds tradition. And in that, you wrote a little bit, you wrote something very delicate and tender. And I, I, I'm, I'm highlighting it here because uh, it's a, you, you write, seeds were as precious as our children. And it, my heart just went, oh, that's really, really touching. It's a beautiful statement. And it, tell, it told me, it tells us that you're talking about the power of seeds and how it's reflected in the growing of our lives and the care of our family and our the health of our community. And it was, it was so, so touching. I, I, I love that you're bringing something of value of care to a topic that has a tradition and that it reveals a, a way of relationship with the earth. And it has a, a beautiful spiritual uh, context to it. So I would love for you to open that up for us today and tell us a little bit of um, how that knowledge came to you and how, yeah, what, what would you like to share about that? Well, my journey with Seeds Consciousness 
began uh, in about 2012. I was working, I mean, I had the thought and the theory and the revering of seeds for years and years and years. But when I began to have an active journey with seeds and awakening my own connection and and um, awakening my own connection and, and spiritual insight into seeds and what they are started in 2012 when I was working on a research project called Seven Sisters Healthy Heart. And it was looking at heart issues and Indigenous women. And I was really at first not thinking so much about seeds, but trying to think of a a way to honor these women's stories and feelings and to, in a good way, put closure to the group because we'd had some very deep, intimate moments of sharing and it seemed really hard to just end the last session and send everybody away empty. Mm -hmm. So I put tobacco in the ground, which is our way of asking for insight and dreams, putting a sacred tobacco down. I put tobacco down and the next morning I woke up thinking about seeds. And as I focused on the thought of seeds, images and ideas started to flow. And what we did was gathered seeds. They were sacred. um, One of the three sisters, the squash, we gathered squash seeds. And then we each sister had taken out of a basket after we'd sang a love song to these seeds Each sister who were part of the research, the cardiac research project, took seeds and held them in their hands. And I'd ask them to focus on a dream or focus on something that they wish to grow in their lives. And we all prayed on these seeds. And then I invited my good and special sister, Dawn Morrison, who was running the UBC Indigenous Farm Project to receive the seeds. And so all the women's feelings were being represented in these seeds. And we got one special sacred cloth and gathered everybody's seeds up. And then we passed the bundle around in a circle and sang a song and gifted them to Dawn. And... So Dawn was, we were all really moved and inspired by this gesture. And Dawn invited us then to go out to the garden and actually plant the seeds, which was so beautiful because it gave gave everybody an opportunity in the research project to go out on the land together and just spend time together because we want to. We're not doing research. We're matriarchs now out on the land together And so many of the women gathered and we planted the seeds and it was the most beautiful planting ceremony and magic was in the air. There were youth there that day and the medicine, one of the indigenous volunteers made a great heart shaped garden out of stones for us to plant these seeds in so instantly there were all these beautiful connections being made from the 
indigenous volunteers, the youth, and all these grandmothers that were part of the research project. And so we planted the seeds, and I was told later that they just sprung up, that they just... Oh my. They exploded with life and light, and they just couldn't believe it. And many Mm -hmm. months, about, I guess the summer sort of passed, because this is in the spring, and I had done a project to honor 13 grandmothers. We had had woven 13 cedar bark ropes, and we were bringing them into the world in a good way, And the robes were to honor all the sisters, all the tribes of Turtle Island. And they were meant to be a opportunity to honor all the grandmothers that are here passing their medicines and light and to be an inspiration for the youth. So at this feast, now we're into the fall, um, 400 people showed up which I really think speaks to the rebalancing of male and female energies. It surprised all of us. So so you're saying that it starts with this tiny little ceremony, which was actually a work project, and it was a way of honoring the end of the work project. That turns into a, a, a natural event where there's a garden that's grown. And then in the fall, months later, Another gathering happens that involves these 13 um, capes or these and, and cedar capes. And there's a, an honoring ceremony, a seed ceremony that, that, that's involved in that too. Is that what you're saying? Actually, there wasn't, there weren't seeds involved in this ceremony. We were just bringing into the world in a good way, respect and honoring for the... Uh-huh the 13 moons and the 13 grandmothers. But later that evening, and many of the women who were in the research project also were at this feast. And I was sitting there feasting away. And of course, because I'm running the ceremony and coordinating the event, I'm kind of run off my feet. But one of the kitchen helpers who also worked at the garden, grabbed me and she pulled me into the hallway and she said, Sharon, I have something to tell you. You know, you've brought those beautiful robes and grandmothers into the world. And she said, here, what you're feasting on are the beans from the, or the squash, rather, the squash from the seeds that those women planted. And here... Those seeds, those holy grandmothers have grown into food now, and we are feasting on it. And for me, when I put my seeds in that bundle, I was dreaming of an honoring. I was dreaming of a ceremony. I was dreaming of the balance of male and female energy. And here, those little seeds, those those squash, which now we're creating new seeds, had a deep connection to that balancing for our community and those seeds today are still being handed around and I really believe that creating story and asking for that energy that seeds create in the world to manifest in these 
other sacred ways because now those seeds aren't just seeds. They're not just food seeds and a commodity. They represent something very precious and very special to me and I think all the matriarchs that were a part of that project. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that is for you, what the meaning of the seeds? Like you say, it's not just a, a commodity. It's not just a, something you go buy at the store. This is a much bigger, much bigger connection. Can you tell me a bit about that? Well, I know that historically, I believe indigenous tribes probably around the world But one of the things that's been silenced in my community was the ceremonies around food preparation and food creation. So in Mm -hmm. my community, for example, we still have the ceremonies for men who hunt, but we've lost the matriarchal traditions for seed planting. We still have some of our berry picking songs and traditions, but not so much with seeds And so Mm -hmm. at one time, my grandmother said seeds were as precious as our children. They kept us alive. Mm -hmm. And we also understood that seeds were like a mini universe because they're just an inanimate object, but you put them in the ground And you add water. And just like the universe exploded into life, that's what seeds do. They're many little universes. And there's something mystical, too, because Mm -hmm. scientists, Mm -hmm. scientists still do not understand to this day exactly what that ignition point is. They only know (laughs) that just at the right moment, it's an it's an. It's an, a cluster of cells or matter, and the next, it's like a universe. It's exploding and manifesting and shape-shifting, changing into something else. And that's what my grandmother shared about there were songs and dances to revere mm-hmm. this in nature. It's mm-hmm. the same miracle as when humans are born, is when seeds manifest and bring forward life so these songs and these ways of 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 gathering were a way that uh the tribe or the community uh would engage in the power in the in the gratitude in the uh in the offering of of uh of the heart it sounds like you have were given um the gateways or a few of those gateways can you tell them more about that Well, if I had to summarize the whole, uh, the major force in Indigenous wisdom is about being connected. And my grandmother and other elders that I've known over the years say that the disharmony in the earth is because we lack connection. And connection is you can go out and hug a tree But I believe what really enhances connection and deepens it to a relationship are rituals, are when you sing and when you dance. And if you think of storytelling as a ritual, you begin a a relationship with seeds 
or with the forest or with the other creatures and other humans. And I believe that through colonization, everybody's been taken out away from that world of living connection. And so invoking seeds, putting them under your pillow or carrying them close to your heart and asking them to give you guidance to help you to shape shift and bring change the forces in your life then you're carrying a relationship together because that seed is holding your hopes and dreams and you are carrying forward the story of that seed and you're mm-hmm. beginning to have a real meaningful relationship and then those seeds you're if when they manifest and you have a feast with your family they begin to grow a story with your family and then it changes because if you gift them to relatives to remember your family or um, whatever feast it was that took place it begins to connect like a spider web it begins to connect everybody it creates a field of, of interconnection. So I was once um, offered a little gift. It was my birthday. And somebody said, I have I have one of the biggest gifts you'll ever receive. And I had a little box. And inside the box was this tiny little seed. And it was a beautiful red seed. It was a reddish color. And on the top of it, there was like this little white cap on it. It was kind of strange. At first, I looked at this seed and I was I was mesmerized because I understood that this was something very unusual. And this seed was actually from another country, but it was honored in a way where the little cap was made of ivory and it represented the honoring cuz it was there was a way that that culture had brought to the seed the understanding that without all the connections without the, and the animal kingdom, without the bird kingdom, without the the people, without all that, the seed can't grow either. That it's all it's that big. It's that big a connection. And so I took this little seed, and with absolute, I really felt it was perhaps the biggest gift I had been given. And I'm listening to you here talk about seeds and about how big it is for you and how it is how big it is for our indigenous. Uh, cultures here in Canada and I would love to hear you tell us a little bit about how did how did grandma tell you about this like what did she do that made you get it made you feel it made you know it was there anything special there well as you're talking about that seed as a gift that is an amazing medicine because just be, just before we leave, just I wanted to touch on the nature of seeds. And Don Morrison, who worked at the Indigenous Garden, um, shared a story that scientists know that the space inside a seed is just as important as the material inside of a seed. So when we think of the universe and dark holes, scientists are beginning at first, it was all about gazing at the stars and trying to identify planets. And now they're focusing on that dense space inside and they realize that there's a commingling 
of those forces in the universe. And we can see the stars. We can't see the black holes, but they inform our world just as much as the light. So same within seeds. And so they are a very powerful miniature of the universe and what goes on when life explodes. And I love that when Don shared about the space inside seeds. And that's where the great mystery and mystical side of um, plants. You're talking about how uh, how exciting it was that we're talking about this seed consciousness and about the, the vastness of it. You're talking about science. You're talking about uh, the space and the, the fullness of it. So do you want to, is there anything more you'd like to add to that? Well, just that our hopes and dreams are there's a space inside of our consciousness too that the same thing if we mm-hmm. ignite something and put an intention out and here we have a beautiful natural force in the universe that explodes into life and things begin to manifest and So about the capes and that whole feast, it all just flowed together. And I'd had only the image of those capes in my mind. It hadn't began yet. So somehow the force in the seed of transformation and me asking for guidance on this cape project that I was about to start, it was so easy. Everything with those robes came together every matriarch I invited to come to the ceremony and drum and sing was available and so is there space in our consciousness and psyches that could be supported by invoking that power in nature and talking and communicating with the seeds and praying and putting ourselves out there mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So you're you're looking at a at the the power of intention, but also the power of holding in in consciousness, which which brings the topic to another place. Where if you're allowing for the seed to be the seed, and you allow yourself to be the seed, and you allow that to be in you know invoked in consciousness and supported in heart, what kind of gathering are you going to have? It sounds like you've taken a journey that started small and has become big. You've been doing this for almost seven years now where you're doing um, a special gathering that honors a ceremony of seed uh, planting. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? We've got about maybe three, four minutes. Well, one of the things that's evolved from that first ceremony now, I've done some planting ceremonies with women's placenta one of my dear friends rupa who's also her family are very much involved in seed preservation and we planted her son's placenta and over top of it she they decided to plant a sycamore tree and then around that where this placenta was planted in the garden they grew medicines and that way the beautiful symmetry of that where the medicines will now carry basically her and her son's DNA 
and because it's absorbed into the soil and into those medicine plants. So that is a little bit about where this journey has taken me. Okay, so you're saying that we we move beyond seeds. We're going into another level of ceremony with women and the honoring of the fact that it's the mother. It's the mother earth. It's the mothering. It's the mother that helps grow the seeds and how that connection is important to us. When I'm listening to you talk about that, it feels like you're the one who has held a little bit of grounding here. Is there anybody else who's helped you grow in this way of ceremony with seeds and in a matriarchal way? Well, what I've learned, I've been involved, I work with youth and seeds. It's sort of become a very pinnacle part of my journey here. And along the way, I've met so many seed matriarchs, seed keepers with various parts of the medicines and paying attention to the their consciousness and making sure that when they're working in their garden, they have a clear heart and a clear mind. And um, I've noticed too that in my community that I know, we gift seeds. Seeds are becoming more and more a part, a visible physical part of our realm and whereas before that my first encounter maybe I'm manifesting more meeting more seed carrying matriarchs and because of this journey that I'm on but um, in my life now they've become their real entities to me they're real spirits they're part of my existence now thank you So we're just a few minutes away from taking a break, and I was thinking that the process you've talked about is a process of relationship. It's a process of, as you say, a reconnection, reconnection with ourselves, but reconnection also with the plant world and the seed world, and connection with each other and how we honor, bring that to the earth. Is there anything more you'd, anything you'd like to share? We've got maybe a minute. Well... The one thing that I think is so vitally important is that our lack of connection in the world is expressed by the condition of our earth. And anyone can create connection if you can sing, if you know how to pray, if you walk in nature. But just to develop that relationship takes an investment, but it's The earth is waiting for us. Yeah, thank you. I believe that too. I feel that uh, it's such a gracious um, power. Really, she's she's so generous, and the the topic to me is very touching and very soothing to know that women gather and honor in that way. We're going to be taking a moment's break. It's just a little break. Um, And when you come back, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about this. And we're going to take it into a bigger picture. Uh, If anybody's interested in the topic or wants to connect with us, um, Five Blossom Radio welcomes your messages and your comments. Um, You can contact Denise uh, and Sharon can be held uh, connected through that too at fiveblossomgatherings.com. And uh, we'll be just taking a very brief break and looking forward to talking to you again.
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting fiveblossomgatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. Hello, I'm here with Sharon Brass, who's offered to speak to us today on the topic of seed consciousness. And with a special thank you, Sharon, for being here, please tell us a little bit more about the process that you've come to claim. Well, my grandmother, I spent seven years knowing her and the one thing, I remember one day I was sitting with her outside and it was a summer day and I went to take a big gulp of water and she said give your first holy mother a drink before you take one for yourself Hmm. and at that moment I never had thought I'd never quite thought about the earth in that way of sharing my water with her but I realized Hmm. she'd shared she'd given me life she had provided me with nourishment she'd provided me with oxygen she'd provided me with many brothers and sisters and with food and spirit and I thought of course I should share my water with her and so my grandmother the the seeds were another connector And she shared stories of how precious seeds were, that they were like family, that they carried stories just like we do, that Mm -hmm. there would be a heritage and a story about seeds and various feasts where they, they provided food for people. And we once carried our seeds close to our ovaries because as as women, we are seed carriers too. And so she said that we used to sow seeds over where our ovaries are and that was what aprons were. Aprons were to carry seeds. And it's so powerful to think that where we carry our seeds, we used to also carry the seeds for planting. Wow, that's very that's a strong story. I also um, I get this picture now that the the reflection of how where the power of creation comes from and how important our bodies are and how uh, we don't 
I mean, we're not we're not a culture that speaks to that level of sensitivity. We talk to the biology of it, but we don't talk to the to the uh, humanity or the the consciousness of it. So you're opening up a beautiful topic. You're talking about history in a certain way that is very genuine. The the holding of um, an apron. And the knowing that that apron is that close to your body and that it rep- the seeds are sown into the apron and representing the power of creation. I suppose that these seeds would then, would, would they be used in, in planting? Absolutely. They would be used in planting. And you can see that there was probably some practical purposes because in the case of a fire or a flood, Women, when you ran from the villages, your seeds would go with you, and that would be your lifeline. So wow. there's there's likely some practical purposes, but it was a, just like you carry your babies for nine months, you carried your seeds yes, yes. throughout the winter months. And were there specific seeds? Were, did you know of any specific seeds that were actually cherished that you really wanted to have? Or was it was it a random? Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I know that today we talk about the three sisters, and right. so that is beans, squash, and what's the third one? I'm just having a blank. Uh, corn. Corn. That's right. How could I forget? Corn? <laughs> so beans, squash, and corn. So I'm. I know that we call those the three sisters. And I really don't know the story behind that, but I'm betting that because those were the staples, that that's probably what was kept and mm-hmm. held so Ma- precious. Yeah, the 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 gardening, the little bit of gardening that I know of. I'm I'm not a professional, but I certainly love the earth, and uh, some of the stories that I've uh, I've get, been given. Uh, talk about that relationship, about the corn and the squash and the beans and how the relationship between them is uh, is very fertile because the, the corn provides a beautiful um, vertical landscape and the uh, squash provides the horizontal landscape and the beans can do whatever, <laughs> can play between <laughs> these two. It's a wonderful relation, but I, I, I'm thanking you for mentioning that. The, the three sisters are... are um, are one way that the tradition can be held, isn't it? That uh, there's a little bit of grounding on that, or perhaps a little bit more. So you mentioned also that you're an advocate for uh, Indigenous health services that integrates the ancient approaches and practices into mainstream setting. Uh, can you can you speak a little bit more to this? Is this part of the seed uh, ceremonies that you bring to us, or is there anything else you can share about that? Well, there has been, in the same way that seeds explode into life, many things have exploded both inside of me and in my spirit and in my community work. And seeds have become such an important part of my life. And because I feel like I'm having a relationship with seeds now that something in the universe, something out there is guiding me. And so not intentionally, 
But it seems like in all the work, I, I work as a research, um, a community research, trying to indigenize research models so in the downtown east side so that they are more friendly and reflect indigenous values and wisdom. And mm-hmm. I, I use seeds all the time to as gifts and as part of the ceremonies for women to honor the fact that we are seed carriers and Mm -hmm. to encourage them to find Mm -hmm. prayers and dreams and to plant seeds. So in multiple community projects, we've now planted seeds and the yield of those seeds, the harvest represents these hopes and dreams that we carry as a community and it's bringing alive it seems like as these beautiful medicines and plants vegetables grow something's growing inside of us too mm-hmm, and that's because mm-hmm. we, we dance and sing together and we bless the ground and we bless the water and everything's a ceremony and it seems when we take the time to do that rather than just doing these uh, gardening, using gardening expertise when we're using granny medicine to plant the seeds and all the making it a ceremony and an occasion, it feels like something inside of us grows and manifests just mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. seeds are growing and manifesting. What I'm hearing, what I sense uh, from what you're saying is that we're honoring a process of creativity. And uh, the earth uh, is the holder of that power. I mean, I can't grow anything without the earth, and I can't even grow a mind without the earth. So I, I get excited about the idea of what you've said and and how much um, this holds or supports us through a cycle. So the, the ceremony, in a way, is a, is a cycle, isn't it? You have, you'd have a start, you'd have a middle, and you'd have an end. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about that? Well, when there's a container of love and mm. hopes and dreams, just like when you're making a human baby, that in in an ideal setting, there's a, a dreaming of this new life and a dreaming of a... a good parenting and and good things to happen for that child. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That when we start to treat our seeds as part of our one of our relations, you know, we close our prayers. Mm-hmm. Many indigenous communities on Turtle Island now say all my relations. And when we start to actually treat seeds a living a force in the universe as a relative then it manifests and it gives back to us in the same way that when we nurture and try to create a a loving environment around our children mm-hmm. they give back to mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the the process of of doing these ceremonies have you um is there anything that stands out in 
you, know, you spoke a little bit at the beginning about two uh, events that are that are touching that have held held the the process of these ceremonies for you. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with us? A story, or perhaps that uh, talks a little bit about the uh, the power of the cycle and the power of the seed cycle. Well. I think the one thing that really stands out, and I mentioned it earlier, was about how at one time women, when we had given birth to a baby and there was the placenta, and the placenta is so beautiful, it it connects the mother and baby and the placenta all life. And there's nourishment and nutrients with that placenta. And in a really good and holy way, young mothers and their grandmothers and mothers would walk to the gardens and plant those placentas to Mm -hmm. fertilize the ground and to nurture that ground. And... When my fr- my good friend and artist and musician Rupa had decided this is what she wanted to do and watching her family and her people in her community pass this bundle, we had it in a beautiful bowl, a beautiful terracotta bowl, and we passed it to everyone in that circle and they represented people from Rupa's past and present and her little son's friends and we'd pass them because she'd she'd kept it for a few years and when I spoke to her she decided she was ready to let that placenta go and when each person held this precious life what I can say this precious Um, medicine of the placenta and passed it around the circle there was such Mm -hmm. reverence and beautiful connection and then when it was put in the ground and soil put over it and then this beautiful tree planted and her her young son helped to plant the tree Mm -hmm. there was such a deep resonant knowing and an ancient way of being, it felt so familiar and so right that everybody in that circle reached a very deep oneness, a very deep love. It was filled, the moment was filled with kindness, with compassion, with generosity and light. So I'm hearing um, a number of things through this. If you consider the cycle of a seed, uh, as you talked about the cycle of an ovarian uh, seed, and that that would be the end of the cycle for that. So as women, that is the end of a cycle of uh, after we've given birth to a child, the end is what you just talked about. And the honoring of the end of that cycle is very important uh, to Indigenous women. And I'm thanking you. The joy of hearing that um, you've had that much uh, heart in supporting uh, these very old and sacred ceremonies that are done in consciousness and in love. 
if the seed is consciousness, if the seed, as you say, is that open space also, not just a physical matter, what would you like to do in the future? How would you like to involve yourself in bringing women back to the very basics? What are the small things that women can do, that men can do, in order to honor this way of connection, this way of reconnection with the earth? What are the tiny things that we can do? Well, one of the main <clears throat> things that I experienced in kind of decolonizing my consciousness through the mentoring from my grandmother was to turn inward. And by that I mean so frequently I wanted my grandmother just to give me answers. But what she'd do was send me out to Mother Nature with my tobacco to ask the universe or the creator for my ask for what I wanted rather than her giving me a specific answer. And everybody who's hearing this has what we would call ancestors, God, the creator, a consciousness that's in all the space around us. Mm-hmm. And when, when we put effort out and energy, when we invest in that space, it manifests and there's mm-hmm. ancient, there's ancient songs and dances just waiting for us to manifest it's all there inside of us and my granny had another way of saying it she used to say the ancestors are so lonely in the spirit world they're just the ancestors are waiting for us to mm-hmm. share our stories and to speak with them. And I believe that because in my adult life, of course, I raised a family and had many of my own personal issues and pains to work through, but but now I'm in my 60s, and all those prayers and all those little gifts of water to our mother, the earth, And just going when I've had an idea, not holding back, just creating the robes, creating the feasts. And then all of a sudden, there's a big sacred message with the beans at that feast being from that initial ceremony in the spring. And that's what keeps happening. It's like this, maybe it was there all along and I'm just seeing it now. But there's this big web of creativity exploding in my life. And it just meant taking a risk, not allowing myself to shut down the impulse and urge to create and to make ceremony. Because we've lost so much. But every time I've made a ceremony, somebody's there with just the right song. And somebody else is there with just an idea for a dance and together we're recreating it's mostly matriarchs but it's for everybody it's mostly Mm -hmm. been matriarchs that I've been working with because we need to put effort into bringing alive the matriarchal medicines again 
they've been silenced for a long time. And so I keep referring to matriarchs, but I really mean for everybody. So when you're working with your grandmother um, and, uh, you know, she gives you that big um, <laughs> get out there and take out uh, take out the trash, really, you know, just let go of what you don't need and pay attention. Just simply pay attention and, and grow your connection, grow your relationship with the earth and with your world. How would she have asked you to pay attention to the issue of food sovereignty that we're working on. Like there seems to be with climate change, with the with the intensity of issues that we're looking at around food and resources, how would you think she would ask you to take a look at that? What, what, what would you think she would say today? Well, I think what I'm doing, um, creating ritual and ceremony and making connections to start a narrative, to begin a new rituals that bring about connection. I think that that's what's important because when your seeds are not just a commodity, when they become a part of your story and a part of your dreams and they're sharing the the heavy lifting and transformation and change and shape-shifting um, they become something alive, and that's what's missing. Because so when you're paying attention, exactly, and when you don't have a relationship with nature that's active, that mm-hmm. has a story, that has time and energy, that the same as you put into your children or anything that we do, when you nurture that, it gives back. It's part of the mm-hmm. forces in the universe. It's The sacred winds blow and bless your journey and get behind you when you're working with those forces. And I think in a world where food is impersonal and Mm -hmm. it's like picking up strangers at the market when you when you know your your squash and your beans and it's personal, that's very different than the impersonal world that we we have. we create food today. And so right. that's what she would, I know that's what she would say. It's the same with when when um, hunters go out. There's a beautiful ceremony where they ask their brothers, the deer, to surrender and come in and for the feast. And it's so touching and so grounded in respect and grounded in the holy nature of feasting and food. And so we have that still, but we are missing the seeds, which is another important part of our our food consumption. Yes, yes. and I I, I love what you said because you spoke well for her. You know, just mentioned earlier that uh, she had said that the gra- the ancestors are lonely. So I thought, well, why don't you speak for her? Bring her in, <laughs> let her speak, and I'm thanking you. That was very lovely. The well put. You know, to, I really had a sense of the. Um, formality but also the the feeling and the depth of care that she would bring to speaking to you and how she spoke to you uh a place of heart really is is where we want to find where we want to end uh and if we take care of the way we work with the land and how we work with the growing of our food um things become a little bit more clear to us about 
what simple what simple things are important and what keeps us uh, moving forward. Sharon, we only have a few minutes left, and I'd love you to uh, please tell us a little bit about as you want to end this. What would you like to tell to our listeners? What would you like to let our listeners uh, know about uh, your ceremonies uh, or about the content of seed consciousness that uh, you'd like to leave us with, please? Well, I think that in this world today, for a number of reasons, people defeat themselves spiritually because they don't feel worthy or they feel that there's an etiquette that they don't know or protocols that they're missing. But every human being has a spirit, just like seeds do. And trees and everything else has a spirit. And if you turn inward and trust that's the mission is to trust the impulses for creativity. Something holy will be born into this world that mm-hmm. will not only feed your body, but feed your spirit and mm-hmm. bring forward life, yes. real life and being alive. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm thanking you. Uh, for your time and for bringing us this heartfelt message about the the way that we've evolved. I mean, think of thousands of years and how the issue of food has evolved and remembering um, and knowing that without the relationship between you and I and the earth and our brothers and sisters and our community and uh, the honoring of the the way that all this comes together is pre- perhaps the most powerful of, um, of ways of, of working and being in the ancestral um, way of working uh, was built on all that. It was built on keeping us t- together. So Absolutely. I'm thanking you, as I said. And, and just another now, part, we, we all have that power to bring that back into the world today. That's right. That's right. So, because this is the first of a, discu- a discussion with you on this topic, I'd love to let our listeners know that this was an unusual uh, topic. It's the first time we open this up, but it will bring up more topics and more interest in uh, Indigenous culture and how it helps us reconnect and re- reclaim the foundation of, of how to share and how to feed each other. So, uh, welcome you, you again uh, would be a wonderful thing, Sharon. I would love to uh, reconnect sometime soon and maybe open up another topic. Fiveblossomgatherings.com or fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com. Those are two uh, ways that you can connect with Denise. Also, we have Twitter, Fires of Compassion, uh, and LinkedIn, Denise Richard. Thanking you, Sharon, and thanking the listeners today. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.